this is Daniela Wolf with Bestie Life, the podcast, and this is your community to support you through the little and not so little events that make up your day-to-day life. From the I've got this moments to the Ugh, I just can't moments, we are here to empower all women to find and develop the skills they need to find peace, balance, and the bliss in their busy through solo episodes, as well as interviews with amazing women who share their journey and their story and how it works for you. I hope you find the inspirations to make you laugh, think, as well as maybe rethink what you thought you knew and connect as we realize that we are all living similar ups and downs and don't have to do it alone. So excited for you to hear this episode and thanks so much for joining me today. This is Daniela back with Bestie Life, the podcast. And today I'm excited for you to meet Stacy McAlpine. She is the owner of Journey Fuel. It is a program that helps you live a life you love waking up to. And who doesn't want that? She is your go-to source for proven simple ways to ignite your soul and keep your inner fire burning so that you are thriving and not just surviving on your day-to-day journey of life. So thank you so much, Stacy, for joining us today. Thank you. Very happy to be here. So I know that was kind of a very broad overview of what you do. So if you could share a little bit with my listeners about what brought you to creating Journey Fuel and what your your background is, your story. Sure. I'm learning to condense this. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see how good I get at shortening um, today. But quick snapshot is that I've been running Journey Fuel now for a couple of years. It's gift to be able to do it, which is helping other people live lives they love waking up to. And it's something I'd been wanting to do for at least a decade when I cracked the code on how to shift from a life that I thought was purgatory, literally, Mm -hmm. um, into one that I actually enjoy. And so my background is I've been in consulting. I was in consulting for about 20 years, working with big organizations for helping them do change management and project management and process improvement, which in the end, that just means to do things better Mm -hmm. (laughs) than they are or do new things they've never done before and all the things that need to get input and in place in order to make that change happen. And so about a decade into it, I was, you know, working 50, 60 hour weeks. I had a stepdaughter in high school. I had my husband at the time in law school full time, uh, racking up the $200,000 in law school loans. Uh, My daughter called me grandma because she saw my mom more than I did because I was working so much. And I was just exhausted. I was just, you know, I couldn't see a light at the end of the tunnel. I had a ton of credit card debt, just living off of one income for so long. And I would just cry that wherever I was, whether I was at my desk or whether I was, you know, on the couch thinking about my life. (laughs) And I was like, what is my deal? Because I get that I'm in this place of what I feel like is no hope, but I'm also a big personal development nerd and a very positive person, yet I wasn't making any changes that were going to make a difference in where I was. And so I started to think about, well, I make change happen for these giant organizations. You know, we're talking Google, Department of Defense, State of California. If you can get those guys (laughs) to change, right, then there's something to the method. And so I thought, well, what if I treat myself as a client and pretend that I'm my client 
and extract from myself using the tools and techniques that I used as a change management professional in my own life and see if that does the trick. And that was the missing piece for me because a lot of the personal development stuff is great guidance and great advice. The challenge is, okay, how do I implement that into my life? And depending on where we're at, and certainly in the overwhelmed state, it can be enough just to get through the day, much less try to think about how to apply something to life that you've never done before and hope it works. And so by adding that in, then I was able to create what I call a trusted process. You know, I know that when you take these steps, when kind of create a change, it will work. So by knowing that those methods work, I was able to put in the pieces of, you know, where I fit into that and then just follow the steps that I would have my clients follow. And I started to get the change that I wanted in my life. And so the fact that it worked for me and my background being in consulting, which is, you know, resell what works to other people or create things that are like what we would call a rinse and repeat that other people can use. Because if other people are struggling with the same thing, why would I want them to continue to struggle with the same thing when I have the answer? So they don't have to figure it on their own, right? So that's when I started to kind of create a solution, if you will, kind of systematizing it that I thought other people would then be able to use themselves or I can help other people apply to their lives. And that's when I was able to refine that over the last decade and to the point where I'm confident that it will deliver the same level of results for other people as it did for me. And now I get to fully 100% focus my time on that now that I've shifted out of consulting and into helping what big organizations literally pay millions of dollars for. I led multi-million dollar projects to help them use the same methods that I've been applying now for individuals. So they don't have to learn 20 years of consulting to know how to apply something that can help them achieve what they want. So that's my journey to Journey Fuel. And um, I'm absolutely loving being able to help individuals now. Yeah, I think I... I totally resonate with the fact that, you know, sometimes we do these things as our careers, as our jobs, but really taking the time to kind of practice what we preach and what we help everybody else with. It doesn't always come as easily as everybody assumes it does. You know, it's like, because we shut off our jobs at the end of the day and we don't even think like, I'm, I should be my own client. I am the best person to be using these things. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And that's the other thing that I love about having this be what I do is that you know, it helps me walk my own talk. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm going to help other people, and I'm not doing it myself, that's not really legit, right? Like, it's not fair to them that I'm telling them to do. It's kind of like being a mom, don't do as I, (laughs) you know, do as I say, not as I do doesn't work as well. Mm -hmm. So what I loved about being able to make this what I do as my vision funding, if you will, you know, how I fund my life vision is being able to get myself to stay in alignment Mm -hmm. at the same time. So it's like a twofer. Yeah, absolutely. So if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit, like what are some of those pillars that are kind of essential to being, whether it's in that alignment, finding that, you know, thrive in your life, what are some of the key areas? So what I've done is I've created a foundational program that Anybody who ever does anything with me will go through this two and a half day program. And it I call it Walk the Talk Weekend. Mm-hmm. And I actually have one coming up 
here pretty soon. And it's um, all about helping people do three things over the course of the three days. And day one's all about clarity. Mm -hmm. And day two is about certainty. And day three is about activating it. Mm -hmm. Because in, to get to where we're actually doing something about what we want in our life to be different, we need to know what it is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we want it to be instead. And so the main thing that I start with is a technique that I learned through getting my own coaching from everyone else, right? Every coach needs a coach. And this technique that that changed my way of thinking. And it was all about how to shift from, I don't want to feel like this to what I want to feel instead. Mm -hmm. Because when you ask somebody, what do you want? If they knew, if I knew what I wanted, I would do that. Thanks. Right. Hot question. <laughs> you know, or if you are an overwhelmed, the idea of even processing that when I create a journey fuel, I put myself in my shoes 10 years ago you know, where I'd really try to tap into where was I mentally back then, because there's where I'm at now, but that is not the state that I was in then. So to be like, here's what we're going to do and you're going to do it. And that's not going to work. So it's where was I, what was the capacity that I had to be able to do anything back then that would get me emotion. So on day one, we start with, okay, where are you right now? How is life feeling right now? And then the trick is, how do you want to feel instead? Because mm -hmm. if all we do is think, I just don't want to feel like this, it gives us zero direction. Yeah. But once we start to think about how do I want to feel instead, without needing to know how, at least knowing how you want to feel instead, then I have them think, okay, how do, I, how do you want to feel instead? And then envision Okay, if you're feeling that way, what would be in your life? And I go through these different exercises with people and lead them through kind of some envisioning mm -hmm. exercises where you can just visualize, okay, if I'm feeling this way, what's in my life? What's bringing me those feelings? And then you can start to look for themes, you know, oh, well, it seems like this is really important to me. And this is really important to me. And oh, I didn't really think about this, but this came up. And then you can start to get this clarity around, oh, okay, so now I have a direction and I'm starting to see what would be in my life to help my help them get to what do they want. Mm -hmm. And it comes down to, you know, life is basically a collection of feelings. That's mm -hmm. all it is. Yeah. Not the stuff. It's not the people. It's the feelings that the people and the stuff give us. And so when you think about it that way and you think about, you know, life, what is the life experience that I want to have? The, the answer to that is what feelings do you want to have, which we can all tap into. We don't have to know what we want to know how we want to feel. Right. And, but getting ourselves there is not a lot of us weren't trained to think about how we want to feel. Right. <laughs> For me, it blew my mind when I learned to think this way changed right. everything for me because it makes it so accessible right so it doesn't really matter if you're overwhelmed at that point you can at least stop and know okay i'm overwhelmed here's how i'm feeling <laughs> how do i want to feel instead and what's one thing that i can do that can get me closer to that yeah i think those skills it's interesting like we might apply them in so many other areas but we never think to apply them in this way ourselves we think of the criteria of like when we're going to look for a job well i want this i want this i want this if we're going to buy a house well, i want a two-car garage i want so many bedrooms like we know our expectations when it call comes to all these external things but that time to reflect and look and really assess our internal expectations the same way we do that's why we love the house we live in that's why we love the job we have because we took the time to do that and i love how you tie that then into that's how you live the life you love because you put that same process in place. Yeah, exactly. And it's about, you know, um, 
I relate it to a snow globe. You know, when you think about a snow globe and you shake it and like, you can't see what's inside. It's just literally just this mess. <laughs> and that's what my brain would feel like. And I think lots of people can relate to that. So it's, mm -hmm. so on the first day, it's like just to settle it down. <laughs> let the snow settle. Let's get to where you can tap into something that you know and get the mind to start thinking about what you want that gives you direction to move toward versus what you want to move away from. Mm -hmm. And then the next day is all about should testing it. Oh, yeah, those shoulds. Right? <laughs> it's like, I want to feel like this. And then here's what I would have in my life to feel that way. And sometimes people put things in there like, want to be, you know, social with my friends and I want to, you know, help out at church and I want to change the world, you know, but then you're doing day two and it's like, yeah, you know, like the idea of helping at church sounds good, but I don't, that doesn't sound fun to me. <laughs> that mm -hmm. doesn't sound fun. Yeah. So maybe that's not your thing. Maybe, you know, says who, who do, why do you have to help at church? There are people that love helping at church. Let them do mm -hmm. it. What is it that you do love to do and how can you do that? Get the feeling that you want of feeling like you're giving something and making other people feel good. What's a way you can do that and actually want what it mm -hmm. is that you're doing? And so it can be a foreign concept to yeah. some people. You know, it's like I relate it to um, also, like I want to have friends. I thought, oh, I'm going to have a dinner and invite everyone over. But I don't like to cook. Right. <laughs> and Maybe instead of having, you know, them come over and I cook this meal, maybe we go to dinner in a restaurant every month. You know? mm -hmm. yeah. So it's the same thing. It's still being around friends, but it's the should test. Right. Is Changing the, the way it looks. Way? So I think that guilt part of it too, like because the should is directly related to a guilt, like if I don't, you know, then I'm yeah. a bad hostess. I'm a bad friend. Yeah. You know, I'm a bad um, parishioner at your church. I'm a bad, you know, yeah. whatever. I think that guilt around the shoulds because the expectation isn't what we want. It's what we assume everybody else wants us to do. Well, and it's interesting you said that because there's this book, um, I think it's called Mothering Styles. Mm -hmm. It's literally in paperback. Like you can't even get it on audio. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the best things I ever read. I think uh, it's pretty much like a super simple Myers-Briggs type thing, mm -hmm. but it's more for moms to think about where does my kid fit into one of these four types of personality types or things, you know, like Myers-Briggs is where, how do you learn? How do you, you know, what's the environment that you like? How do you like to be praised or not praised? Yeah. You know, are you an introvert? Or are you not? And it was just four different little buckets, if you will, of what kind of things do, would resonate with your kid. Mm -hmm. And each kid has their own thing, you yeah. know? And so if I want to be the best mother of all time and I'm doing it my way, that doesn't mean that I'm going to be the best mother of all time to that kid and that kid doing the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. So it's, well, what do they respond to? Like my younger one, she hates being praised in public, okay. but mm -hmm. she loves it in private. Because then yeah. if I don't, she's like, how come I never get <laughs> any points for doing anything? It's like, okay. Where my other one loves it being mm -hmm. praised in public. And that's what makes her feel good. So it's the same thing for ourselves, you know, just because one person likes it in a certain way doesn't mean that's our way it doesn't mean that it has to be our way and if we want to be a good friend yeah. doing it the way we think it should be doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to make our friend feel cared about so we can use the same technique with just being alert to what is it that other people 
could drive from, you know, how can I be a good friend versus how should I be a good friend? Right. <laughs> and kind of use it that way. Yeah. It's kind of like you're, you're shifting based on who you're around and where you're at. Kind of like, you know, at work, I have a very different persona a little bit than I do at home. Mm-hmm. You know, I listen differently to my students sometimes, but my own kids, you know, I'm going to direct them in a very different intentional way. They're, they're just my kids. I'm going to talk to them that way. Yeah, you know? exactly. And so I think we do adapt and pivot again in other areas of our lives and learning to do that personally, I think is, is so key to yeah. feeling that alignment and fulfillment each day. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, in the end, it becomes if life is a collection of feelings and we're here to have an experience of life, you know, it's not intended to be purgatory in my experience. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like, at least not, I don't believe that. I believe that we each come here with our own version of DNA for a reason. And if we were intended to be the same, then why wouldn't any of us have anything the same, right? All mm-hmm. of our DNA is, there is no individual that has the same DNA as someone else. Mm-hmm. So that's a little curious, right? If we're supposed to be certain ways or if we should do certain things, well, then why are we all designed to be different? Right. So if we want to be able to come alive and bring ourselves to the planet and make our own difference and have our own experience of life, then until we start listening to our hearts and our souls and like being authentic in the way that we are looking at our lives, then we're never going to get that feeling of fulfillment Mm -hmm. because we'll always be chasing something that really isn't in our DNA. Right. So that's that's the best thing you can do is be authentic a lot of people will say you're being selfish but it's actually in my opinion you're selfish if you aren't being you and doing yeah, things absolutely because you're you're saving you're holding your best self back from your family yeah. your job your friends mm-hmm. i always say that self-care is not selfish you know that's that's my right. big like neon sign if you know <laughs> if you guys listen to yep. me you know you know it, it's it's gives so much more back to everybody else in addition to yourself and taking the yeah. time is just so essential and necessary well and especially people who do like making other people happy you know if you think about how if all you do is focus on them and their needs and never really get to your own then it's like on the airplane you know where they have mm-hmm. you put your oxygen mask on first do you really think that the airplane lady, what do they call them these days? Not stewardesses. What flight attendant? Flight attendant. Yes. You know, they're not worried if you're selfish or not. They just don't want you to be dead and not help the other person with you. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they want everybody yeah. to live. So if they want you to put your face mask on before your child, a child that you would jump in front of a train for in about you know half a second, right. then there's a reason. It's because if you're not breathing, you can't be there for the other person, person right. that you care about most. And so if you truly do want to give to people and you truly do want to be able to make those people feel good, it's just as important that you've got yourself, like you said it really well, you know, it's, you've got to get yourself into a place where you're taking care of you. So that will just come as an outcome mm-hmm. of you being in a good place. Yeah. And it will feel as hard. <laughs> Absolutely. So just to kind of then wrap up the, the third pillar, what is day three? Yeah. So day three is where we're activating what you've come to be in awareness of. So mm-hmm. we use the tools and techniques that I was talking about where we actually implement the things that we're, you've now become aware of. So 
without getting into depth that in change management, there's a model called ADCAR, which is a horrible acronym. <laughs> it stands for um, awareness, desire, knowledge, ability, and reinforcement. Mm -hmm. And for change to happen, each one of those needs to happen in order. So if we don't have full awareness, we aren't going to be able to really get into a desire state where we're actually going to make a change. Right. And awareness meaning, what is it? Why do I want to change in the first place? Like, why is it so important to change? And what if I don't? And oh, okay, so this is what I want. And now you can build desire of all the reasons that where you can re-empower yourself to keep going. And then knowledge is where we will have been learning that over the first couple of days. Okay, here's the knowledge that is going to help you implement that. And then ability comes on day three, where it's like, how do we practice that? How do you put that into practice in your life? And then reinforcement is how can you set yourself up mm -hmm. for success and have kind of a safety net that what if this doesn't work out that way? Here's something you can put in place to you know, get yourself back on track or remind yourself of the other things that you came up with to actually implement that. Right. That building that habit part of it is, you know, where you need to put the work, but it definitely can be sometimes the hardest part because that consistency will definitely be key in your success. Well, and the thing too, is the reason those letters go in that order and that if you don't have full awareness, you won't be able to get full desire. And if you don't have full desire, you aren't going to know what to listen for. Mm -hmm. We can only absorb so much. So if we're going to go learn stuff and we don't really know exactly what to pay attention to, we're not going to get in the right knowledge that's going to help us. In which case, to build the ability to be able to get there, you aren't going to know what it is that you need to be good at. And then to reinforce it, if you don't have awareness clear up front, mm -hmm. that's why it would be hard is because you're reinforcing something you don't even know if you really believe in. Right. Or you don't really have the full desire. Or you don't have the knowledge that you really need in place so that it doesn't feel like a drag. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're in a place where you're trying to build a habit and it's a pain, like just like, ugh, then that's a great way of um, like a signal of mm -hmm. why am I doing this again? Yeah. <laughs> and it's this habit that I want because there you go back to what we started with is how do I want to feel instead? Well, if I want to feel good. Mm -hmm. but I hate going to the gym, then is there another way? Yeah, I think <laughs> there's know? always more than one way. <laughs> there's always more than one way. And and Tony Robbins says there's always at least three things that you can do in each three different options. And until you have three, you don't really have a choice right. because it's an either or is really not a choice. A choice is when you get to pick between multiple things and see which one works best for you. And there's always at least three ways. So if you're in a place where you are trying to do the reinforcement and you feel like you'd rather poke your eye out than do whatever it is that you're <laughs> trying to reinforce, then use that as a signal to yourself. Be like, okay, what are three ways that I could get the outcome that I want that isn't this? Right. Is there a different way? Until you get to where it's you're doing the should test and you're doing the feelings test. Like, is that going to bring me the feeling that I want and why? Going back to awareness. And when you're in an awareness state, being able to ask yourself, okay, the simplest, easiest thing we can all do, how am I feeling and how do I want to feel instead? And what's one thing I can do to feel that way? So if you're reinforcing a habit or trying to create a habit and it just feels like a miserable thing, then how do you want to feel and what are different options that you can try? And right. even 
testing it for a should because mm-hmm. you can get through that far to where you're now trying something because you think that's what you want but if it's still feeling maybe it's still a should and you just haven't picked up on that until you've gotten to where you're implementing and you're like wait a second <sighs> maybe this is a should let's go back to the beginning of what my intention was in the first place what is the mm-hmm. outcome that I want how else can I get there Right. And it sounds like this definitely isn't a one and done because I think different life statuses change, the different situations change, all of that type of stuff. So what is, what are some of the things to share maybe personally a little bit that you do for yourself to kind of light yourself back up? Well, um, it's an excellent thing to point this out because (laughs) I have been in um, my awareness state of trying to find a place for what one of my seven core values, I, we do this in Walk Talk Weekend, you know, what are your core seven things that matter most to you? And one of mine was, um, I called it vitality, because <laughs> health is boring. That's one of the things we do is amp yep. up the language. So it sounds more fun. You know, health is like, yeah. okay, vitality, I'm gonna have vitality and energy. And that used to work for me, but I'm still not going to the gym. I'm mm-hmm. still not doing anything related to exercise, whether it's the gym or not, I keep asking myself, what's another way? I'm like, I don't know, I'm just not feeling it. (laughs) So then I thought, okay, well, what is the outcome? And then I was coming across some notes I'd written a long time ago, and it was said glitter and shine. I'm like, ooh, now that sounds more fun than vitality. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Vitality was almost a should all of a sudden, because it's like, well, I should make a cooler word than health, but that's not really doing it for me either. So once I changed it to glitter and shine, okay, what's going to make me feel like I'm shining and glittery. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Then it started to make it more intriguing to pick things that don't have chemicals in it when I'm eating it. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, when I think about what's my biggest, brightest um, vibe that I want and can I even have that if I choose to go to Randy's Donuts again? Yeah. <laughs> and it helps me shift to, but I want glitter and shine. So that's mm-hmm. going to help me get there. So I do that a lot where if I'm not doing something that I've said is important to me, it is a sign to say, okay, why am I not doing it? And going back to awareness of what is it about this that is what I don't want to do? Right. Why? And sometimes, you know, I used to tell my teams that, you know, if you would rather poke your eye out than do what I'm asking you to do, let me know. Because there might be someone else that likes to do that, like loves to do that just because you hate it. Maybe someone else. Or maybe you do learn it, but then you pass it off. So it might Mm -hmm. be a skill that you need that's important in life but then pass it off and delegate it. So it could very well be one of those things. It's like, okay, if I learn the basics, then I'm going to pass it off and that can motivate. So it's one of those where as long as we're clear on why it is that we want to do it in the first place, and is it going to give us the life experience that we want to have? Then if the answer is no, then it's like, let's go back to, like you said, let's go back and do this Mm -hmm. again and see okay, what's things change all the time, you know, maybe glitter and shine's not going to do it for me tomorrow. I don't know. Right. If it's not doing it for you and and everybody can apply this is there. If something's just not calling for you to do it in your heart, then is there another way that you can do it? And I know when this episode airs, it's actually going to be after the new year. It's going to be when people are setting those words for the year, those intentions for the year, their resolutions, goals, all those kind of things. And so I think taking this information from this episode and really being able to see how does that play into some of those 
things that maybe you traditionally think about when it comes to the new year, new start, all of that, I think is a great way to integrate and help really propel you forward, you know, in achieving those things that you say you're going to set out to do, you know, absolutely. And doing the should test, you Mm -hmm. know, um, and you don't have to do it all at one time. You know, I tell people whenever I do any of my programs, what I'm giving you are ideas. That doesn't mean you do all of them. You know, I've gone to mm-hmm. things like all these big seminars and you take thousands of notes, literally, probably is at least a thousand notes mm-hmm. and all these great things. But then if you try to do them all, it's overwhelming. Right. So pick one, you know, pick one thing and try it. And then when you have the capacity for more change, add something else. I mean, the thing that, so people will go through my two and a half day program and at the end be all jazzed and ready to go. I'm like, we're, you know, I'll say pick one thing that's mm-hmm. going to get you closer to what you came up with. And the people will come up with like two or three. And I'm like, I <laughs> highly recommend you Just put one. them somewhere you're going to remember that you want to do that and only do one right now because if you want to do bonus points if you if you pull off your one thing and you're ready to add the next one but if we do both and expect ourselves to do both or all three things then we feel like we failed or like we Mm -hmm. can't pull it off but if you say okay at a minimum i'm gonna do this one thing i'll do three setups every day (laughs) anything right anything you do your three setups, then you're building a muscle of action mm-hmm. and trust that you're going to follow through. Because so many times we can just give up because we're like, I'm not going to do it anyway. I never right. do anything. I set my resolution and then I don't do it. So it's sort of a waste of time. Well, look at the process. You know, look, what is the approach you have taken in the past? Knowing that you want something in life to be more enjoyable, then mm-hmm. do something new Yeah, <laughs> than you've always done, you know? What do they say? If you do what you've always done, you'll get what you always got. I think it's the yeah. quote. I don't know who said it, but it's something that I've definitely Someone heard really before. Smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's actually a technique as well that people can use. It's called a rut exercise that I learned from one of my coaching programs where you just, if there's something that you continuously do mm-hmm. that continues to get you the same result that you don't want, just draw a circle on a piece of paper and start walking through, okay, how, where does that start? And then what's the first decision point that you get to where you're making a choice? And what are three choices that you have with that decision point? And so there's the thing you always do. Mm-hmm. And then what are two other things you might be able to do in that scenario? And then you do that for each decision around the, the rut circle. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately you'll end up having a different outcome. And when I did that exercise for the first time, I'm like, I don't really know, but I'm going to write three things down. And I was talking to my coach, if I have the right thing, which every coach is going to say, there is no right answer. <laughs> no. <laughs> but you know, sometimes you just want them to tell you though. No, that one's no good. Right. Scrap yeah. <laughs> and, so, and this is where I learned the feelings thing, because it was like, well, how do you feel in that moment? And how do you want to feel instead? I'm like, well, I just don't want to feel like this. Mm-hmm. She's like, but how do you want to feel instead? Because it, it doesn't give you anywhere to go. Mm-hmm. If I avoid that, if I don't want to do that, and don't want to feel that way, it doesn't give you any sense of going forward. So if I want to feel like this, what are three ways that I could feel that way? Right. Or three, um, here goes my dog. <laughs> Somebody's like walking around and he thinks he's like this big, it's tiny. Anyway, um, <laughs> but so in the rut exercise, if you're making those choices and if it's in the new year, then what's something that you tend to repeat that you don't want to repeat? And what are the decision points in that cycle? 
Mm -hmm. How do you want to feel those decision points? And what are three things you can do instead that'll get you closer to that feeling? And then just pick one. Right. No, that was, that's golden. I mean, definitely if you're listening, stop, go back, re-listen to that, write that formula down, because I think that rut cycle is something everyone can relate to in some way, regardless of whatever habit you're thinking about. So I love that you shared that with us, Stacey. Thank you. So one of the things I always ask all my guests then at the end is kind of, you know, gratitude, I think is a huge part of self-care and definitely, you know, with the new year, we do a lot of reflecting and things like that. What would you say are the top two or three things that you're the most grateful for? Well, I mean, everybody always says their kids, right? But I'm going to do that. Um, honestly, it's that I had the realization that to enjoy our lives is it all comes down to just being authentic and that being authentic isn't selfish. It's actually the way to being there for others, to being and enjoying this lifetime. And so having cracked that code after a long time, it's probably 40. Um, but once you can believe that and go all in on that, like that's a life changer. And so for me, when I started to trust myself in following the scent of, okay, when I start applying what matters most, you know, of my core seven things, stop doing what I don't, that isn't part of my core seven and only do the things that matter most. And you start to see the changes in your life um, from just doing that and reinforcing that, oh, I am on the right track of this whole doing what I love thing. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm just super grateful that I've had the coaches that I've had, that I've had the life experiences that I've had, even the shitty ones are the not great <laughs> ones, <laughs> you know, the ones that feel horrible in the moment. Um, those are all things that ultimately got me there. So I'm grateful for the path that got me to where I can trust that showing up for myself is really showing up for everybody same time so that's definitely one for sure and then my other one is just that I get to do what I do um Mm -hmm. you know having been in the big four having done 50 60 hour weeks having done all that stuff versus what I get to do now and what I get to choose to do now to help other people I just I feel grateful every single minute of every day that I get to do that now so that's awesome so I'll have the links in the show notes but where are some of the key places people can find you so the best and easiest fastest way is to go to journey fuel gift which is gift journeyfuelgift.com and that's where you'll be able to access my programs and as listeners I'm gifting you my walk the talk weekend program so when you go to journeyfuelgift.com you'll be able to sign up there just put in the podcast name awesome. and it's regularly an 897 dollar program oh my so gosh I really thank you <laughs> because it's so foundational and it's so important and if i can help people in two and a half days find happiness then you know i feel that's part of my journey in life and part of my authentic way is to help other people tap into their own. So that's the fastest way. And then you can always go to at your journey fuel on Facebook, but the fastest, best way is journeyfuelgift.com. Awesome. And that link will be in the show notes. And thank you so much for gifting everyone that weekend. And so it'll be listed on the website, what weekend that is and everything like that. But thank you so much, Stacy, for joining us today. Absolutely. My pleasure. So much again for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please let me know any questions questions or comments that you have. Also, if you can please leave an Apple five-star review so that this episode
episode can be shared with more women. There's two quotes that I love, alone we may be strong, but together we are stronger, as well as when women support each other, incredible things happen. So let's be stronger and incredible together, as well as maybe just have some fun along the way. Thanks so much and talk to you soon. Bye.